Last time I checked, I was still a kid. Childish, childish. This all freaks me out a bit. Hey, after you drop off the kids or put them to bed, turn on Childish with real-life friends and podcasting virtuosos Greg Fitzsimmons and Allison Rosen. Laugh about the struggles and joys of parenthood. Grow closer to your children. Learn something useful or not. Maybe feel less alone. And maybe even put the spark back into your love life. Childish is for people who are parents or had parents if you had no parents, maybe check out WTF with Mark Marin. Subscribe to Childish. New episodes coming soon wherever you listen to podcasts. Childish, oh shit. Last time I checked, I was still a kid. Childish, childish. This all freaks me out a bit. Childish, oh shit. How can I pet when I'm still a kid? Allison Rosen. Allison Rosen is your new best friend. Allison Hey everyone, hi, hello, welcome to another episode of Allison Rosen is your new best friend. I'm sitting here in my new temporary studios with Mark Norman. Hey, hey. Am I pronouncing your name right? I know that oh, I asked you. Oh, yeah. It's, nor- it's, it's pronounced Norman. like Norman. Yeah. But it's just a got D. a D tacked on the it's end. It's French, so it's normal. But oh. I'm not that big of a douche. So I just, you know, Norman. Does anyone in your family say normal? No, no. We don't have any self-esteem. And uh, <laughs> we're not that pretentious. All right. It's just, it's a French name originally. I think it's cool. That's weird. You've got that extra D in case someone... <laughs> Someone needs it. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Uh, So you are a comedian who's been on my show before. Oh, yeah. And I loved talking to you before, and we will get into into, uh, all of that. But first, I need to say, you are the co-host of the podcast Tuesdays with Stories. You got that You guys just did a sold out. You're from New York. You are in town. And we'll also, I mean, you're not from New York. You're from New Orleans. But I live in New York You live in New York. Uh, and you will find out why you're out here, but you just did a live Tuesdays with stories with the guest, Bert Kreischer, yep. uh, who, who was just on my podcast. He's great. You oh, yeah. sold out the improv. Yeah. That's amazing. Congrats. Also, uh, you did this special Amy Schumer presents. Don't Mark Norman. Don't be yourself. <laughs> There's there you a go. lot of names in there. Yeah. Uh, you opened for Amy Schumer. Uh huh. And you fly on a private jet with her. I know yep. we talked about that last time. Yeah. And also, you have the album Still Got It. Uh huh. And throw out your Twitter handle so that people can tweet at you while they listen. All right. It's at Mark Norm and uh, Instagram at Mark Normand. A N D. You got that right. Instagram at Mark Normand. And I am at <laughs> Allison Rosen on Twitter and at Allison Rosen on Instagram. Um. Okay. So. I loved talking with you when you were last on, and it was in April of 2017. Um, you're very introspective, very funny, deep. Wow, jeez. Kind of a misanthrope. Man. Do you think? I'll take it. A misanthrope? You want that? That means you hate people. Uh, a little. I mean, love, hate. You got to hate people a little just to, if you think about people enough, you'll hate them. That's true. But what I remember you said something that was so interesting that I'd never really thought of, and it pops into my head from time to time, which is that the reason, like, 
there are the reason the reasons that a, a woman is attracted to you. Then you get into a relationship with her, and uh-huh. she kind of like tames your oomph yes and then eventually leaves you for like this rugged manly assertive man yes like she she turns you into someone that she's no longer attracted to right exactly and it just put this pit into my soul of like oh fuck that's so true sure I mean, there's something so true about that because i and in the example i brought up last time which is so true is like Sometimes my husband will say things and I'm like, I don't think I like your tone. You know uh-huh. what I mean? Like everything's all about making things super copacetic between us, which is kind of the opposite of the term you used, which is like a hunter gatherer man. Right, right. Yeah, I, I think there's something to it. And I, I was in a 12 year relationship, so I just got beaten down into like this sad, silly putty of a guy where I would just go, whatever you want. I wouldn't make eye contact. Right. We'll just do it your way. Keep you happy. I just don't, guys just don't want to get. Uh, an annoyed girlfriend is the scariest thing on the planet. Yeah. It's just, it just ruins the day, you know? Like, hey, how are you? Fine. Ah, come on. You know, and I think growing up, uh, not to get all men and women are different here, but I think growing up with guys, you go, come on, you weirdo, snap out of it or get get to it. And you can just call it out and then make it better, but I feel like... You mean women... if, if growing up with guys, like if a guy's in a bad mood, yeah, in a funk yeah. or something. Or yeah. You, yeah, and you can go, why are you in a bad mood? Then you try to fix it. Guys try to fix everything. But I think with women, they're more complex and more nuanced, so this thing could actually trigger that, which bothers is this thing she's actually been thinking about for years, so there's, uh, there's more there. Yeah. Yeah, I think that my husband is afraid of upsetting me all the time. Yes. And especially, I'm pregnant right now. Especially when I'm pregnant, because I think that he well, first of all, I'm I'm more like emotional when I'm pregnant and hormonal. And I think that whole constellation of emotionality and hormones and I don't want to upset her and she's pregnant and she's going through this thing for us, which, you know, and um, yeah, that that uh, shaves the oomph off of someone. Right there. If he's not walking on eggshells around me, but he definitely like doesn't want to set me off. Yeah. And my thing is, this sounds horrible, but like. When I start feeling that from a significant other, I just want to avoid because mm-hmm. my whole thing is like, all right, I'll just get out of here for I'll just go and I get to go on the road. So I'm like, oh, thank God. I can right. stay in a hotel for three days, <laughs> which sounds terrible. But, uh, you know, it's that's how it is. But I, I mean, sometimes we'll have things where when I feel like maybe he is walking on eggshells around me. It bothers me because I feel like he's not being authentic uh-huh. and he's not being himself. And it's like, talk, like I'm still a person. Talk sure, to me. Sure. Like I understand that you're trying to put a a bit of a veneer on everything to keep to keep you know the the waters not rocky. But like, I need you to be real. Right. So we've kind of worked through some stuff like that before. But I don't know. I get it. That's the key, though, is to work through it. I think most guys just go, "Oh, this. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I don't want to piss her off. I'll just say the right thing." But I think it's better just go for it and then deal with it at the time and get it all out, and then you're completely 100. percent Right. Do you ever have that thing where? Because I'm seeing a gal now, and you know it'll get weird for a while. I'll do something that'll bother her, or vice versa, and we'll just bottle it like the uh, introvert passive-aggressive cunts that we are, <laughs> and then uh, they, we won't really like have sex or anything, and then you fight, and then you have that great sex because it's all out. So it's better, good to just get it out, but sometimes you don't want to get it out. So I'm sure I'm like, it's going to be a lot of work getting that out. Yes. And I'd rather watch Netflix. I've definitely... I don't know if I'd... The question is, when you bottle stuff up, is there ever a healthy bottling? Like, Because mm. sometimes... 
both of us will wait to bring something up. And sometimes it's like what you're saying of like, it's just, it's just too hard to get into it right now. Or it could also be because I want to think it through and make sure that I'm not just flying off the handle. Right. That's a good point. I, I agree with that. Yeah. There's, you know, you see that girl or guy at the mall every now and they're just like, fuck you. Well, da, da, da. And you're like, man, she could use some bottling or he could <laughs> yeah, use some bottling, right. you know? So I think you're right. I think there's a healthy bottle. There's a sophistication bottle right? where you're like, all right, we're in public or we're, you're, we're trying to get through this airport yeah let's just get it together but then there's also the unhealthy bottling which i definitely used to be uh guilty of a hundred percent of the time which was like no i'm the cool girlfriend Uh, nothing bothers me right um and because if i ever let you know that i'm bothered by anything then you'll leave me so this was not with my this was years ago my pattern i was Mm. afraid of like my shadow so yeah i would just pretend everything nothing ever bothered me but everything bothered me (laughs) so i don't i don't think it was convincing yeah yeah it it was just a lot of like what's wrong oh i'm just tired it's for years it's sad that the quote-unquote cool girlfriend is is a complete lie yeah that is a bummer because girls girlfriends can be cool but whenever a girl's like i want to be the cool girlfriend they're always faking it yeah and i don't think and I don't think that works either no, because no. wanting to be the quote unquote cool girlfriend is what you think the guy wants. Yes. And it's also what a girl with real low self-esteem does mm. because then you then and now I'm talking like as if I'm 18 or something. But this is what I remember is then I would see these guys and they would be in they would be like head over heels for some girl who definitely wasn't being cool. Oh, really? She was super high maintenance. Interesting. But were they just trying to sleep with her or were they actually into her? Because usually high maintenance her. girl is is attractive because she's like obviously high maintenance, yeah, she's working on things vis- physically. So I think I think if if a guy, let me tell you about men. Please, please <laughs> tell me if you agree with this. Yeah. By the way, I should disclaimer: we're making gross generalizations, but however, yes. this is just my experience. It seems like if a guy just wants to sleep with a girl, if she's high maintenance. I mean high maintenance relationship you wise. Okay. Not like high maintenance like wears a lot of makeup Got and it. high heels. Got it. Um if she's a handful, well, that's the wrong terminology. If she, if she's high maintenance, that does not necess- that's not something that you want to you want to sleep with, but in a relationship being high maintenance, actually guys will kind of like do every, you know, that that works in a relationship. Hmm. I'm not sure I agree with what I just said. Interesting. I don't know either, but we an example would help, but I I hear you. High maintenance. Give me an example of high maintenance. Oh, of being high maintenance? Yeah. Just like always moody. Not always moody, but like she didn't want him to go on that trip with his guy friends, so he doesn't. Oh, got it. Yeah. And she's upset about this thing, so mm. he needs to do this. And Yeah. Well, can I just say as a guy, I think a lot of dudes subconsciously want that in a That's woman. That's what I'm trying to say. Okay. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Whereas I was trying to be the like, I will never ever be like that. Right. I'll just. I don't have that. You barely at all. even notice me. Well, you know those because it goes both ways. Like some guys are like, I kind of secretly I need the girl to be like, don't go out tonight. Blah right. blah blah. And I think some girls like the guy who's like, we're going here. Like let's do this. And he kind of pulls her along, and she's mm-hmm. like, hey, I have a mind of my own. But he's like, no, we're doing it. But she secretly kind of likes it. Yeah. And I think we both do that. But I have none of that. I say exactly what I'm thinking, and that's what I want. I don't have any of that, like, hiding or whatever. Right, subtext. Yeah, subtext. So, like, I think uh, 
I think a lot of people get confused by that, ironically, because I'm like, this is exactly what I want. And they go, no, it's not. I'm like, no, no, this is it. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm one of these guys, you know, you know, when a girl's mad and she's like, don't talk to me, get out of my face. But she she goes in the other room and goes under the covers and she kind of wants you to go in there yes. and be like, I'm sorry. But she actually said, don't talk to me. Right. So in my head, I go, she said, don't talk to me. But if I said, don't talk to me, I actually mean it. Right. So you come in and you go, oh, no, let me talk to you and let's work it out. I'm like, no, no, I, I actually don't. Yeah. I feel like at a certain point you... You can't be faulted for taking someone at their word, though. Well, hey, it happens. Yeah. Uh, how long have you been seeing this gal? Uh, about a year and change. Is it serious? Pretty serious, yeah. Because your last relationship, you were in for 12 years. You were high school sweethearts. Then it went sour, and then you, um, you, you cheated on her. Oh, yeah. And she found your phone when you were in the shower, and you came out naked. Yes. And did not try to deny everything. Yes. Naked and wet. Horrible way to defend yourself. And uh, flaccid. And yeah, so that It'd be that was weirder if you weren't. <laughs> yeah, it'd be weird <laughs> if that whole turmoil turned me on. Right. But yeah, yeah, it was pretty rough. And we worked it out, but it was just, it was like a car that's been hit in a wreck. The door just never closes right. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I it, didn't realize you stayed with her. You got back together with her after that. Tried to make it work for like six months. Because, you know, 12 years, you're like, this is all I know. I got to right. keep this going. And but it just fizzled and couldn't couldn't last. What were those last six months like? They were tough. I mean, the first two were just me groveling and begging and pleading, and then us kind of realizing it's kind of over. And then we had to move out, so that was a process. So it was a it was rough. We both went to therapy over it separately or separately. Yeah, I Did... can't do the the couples therapy. Why? Eh, I'm such a blubbering loser in therapy that i can't have anyone see that (laughs) um did you in your heart truly believe you wanted to stay with her no i knew it was over so then why were you like groveling for two months was it just like this what you knew well it was what i knew and it was guilt it was so i felt so bad i totally fucked her over and i just had to try to make it right did you do you regret having cheated on her of course I do, but I, I didn't know how else to get out in a weird way because she was one of those like, look, I, maybe I kind of want to end this. And she'd be like, oh, shut up. Let's get dinner. You'd, th- she'd that's... say that. Oh, wow. And I was like, all right, well, let's get dinner. <laughs> so I'm like, she was hard to break up with. She was one of these people like, oh, you're not breaking up with me. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I was like, okay, I guess we're not. I tried. What do you make of that? Ah, she was just a you know brassy broad, which but... I like. But did she really think that you didn't want to, or? Well, also, I'm you know I'm I'm a fucking no self worth, so I'm like this person loves me. Maybe I should stay with them, right? Because yeah, who else would love me? This weirdo has fallen for me uh, as a mistake or whatever it is. But I got to capitalize on it. It's like I had some great job, and I was like, I hate this job, but I, you know, the benefits. Yeah, I get that though. Not, I mean, not necessarily relationship wise but just in life i think i spend a lot of time trying to talk myself out of my feelings oh like i'll get a feeling about something like i don't think i want this i don't think i i don't want to do that i don't think i like this i don't xyz Mm. and then i'll tell myself why i shouldn't feel that way interesting like even the house search was so every every big decision i'm not every but a, a lot of big decisions i make it's like there's the thing that like I get excited about, and then there's the thing I think that I should go for, and right. I complicate things so much. Yeah, interesting. I I wonder if that. And again, 
We should call this episode Generally Speaking, <laughs> because we're, we're general and we're generally speaking. Right, we are. But uh, I feel like that's like almost a lady thing. Maybe. You know, because like my ex would always be like, I never want to get married. I never want kids. Let's live forever, da da And then right when we broke, she was already married. Oh, really? Yeah, and I was like, it's okay to want to get married. I know that's like a cliche of a girl thing, but... It's okay. Yeah. Like, I know another girl, she's like, I love to cook for my, my boyfriend, but I don't want to tell my girlfriends because they're, like, big feminists, and I feel like they'd make fun of me, but I like cooking for them. It's like, well, just fucking cook for the guy and just tell people. It's yeah. weird to have these gender role things. They're like, oh, I'm embarrassed that I like this. Like, no, because I don't feel like guy. if a guy likes to build, that's a gender role stereotype, but he just goes, yeah, I like to build. Right. You know, and no other guy goes, hey, come on. Be a strong man. What are you doing? Don't build her a hut. <laughs> you know, it's a weird thing. It sucks that girls, I don't feel like you should be embarrassed by that. Live it. Enjoy it. Own it. I actually, um, I listen to Comedy Central in my car sometimes. Me and too. I've heard bits of your act, um, which are very funny. Which album is, are they playing multiple albums of They're yours? The, both of those two are on there. Um, and you have a thing about... Like, why is it okay for a woman to want a guy who builds, but it's yes. not okay for a guy to want a woman who cooks? Yes. It sounds bad. Just, right. I guess it's all it's all history, you know? But, like, if a guy's like, I want my woman to cook, you know, people are like, ooh. Yeah, that sounds... It sounds bad. It does. But if a girl's like, I like a guy who's good with his hands and can fix stuff around the house, people are like, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. And I guess it's just the history of, you know, women being held down and all that stuff. Right. But, if you really put it on paper, they're the, they're the exact same thing, which is basically my whole act. <laughs> you know, it's just like on paper, this is this way, but when you say it, it sounds, it's kind of like my old joke about a strong silent type. You hear women, I love a strong silent type, but if a guy's like, yeah, I like a woman who doesn't talk a lot, <laughs> right? it sounds bad, but they're the same thing, you know? So right. That's my act. I just gave away my whole comedy stylings right there. <laughs> that's my whole secret, my formula. <laughs> um. So what brings you to L.A. right now? Uh, well, we did the live pod, and I'm pitching a show, which I can't go into, but uh, a production company bought it. Congrats. Thank you, and now we have to pitch it to networks, and hopefully somebody buys it. And so you're out here to pitch the show. Pitching the you show. You have your pitch meetings. Yes. I'm going to ask some questions about it. Now, I know you said you can't talk much about it, so you just say however much you can say. All right. How's the pitching going? I have done this as well. I've pitched nine shows, and obviously none of them went, but it's a grueling process, but I'm in that I don't give a fuck anymore phase, and that's totally helping, because now I go in and I go, I used to go in and go, all right, I got to nail every line, yeah. got to get them to like me, got to get some big laughs, and now I go in, I go, ah, look, the show's good, here it is, blow me, you know, and it's I'm going a lot better. Not, I'm sitting here going, like, nine shows? I've pitched Because I've million. pitched two. It's hell. And I... That was enough for me to go, I don't know if I have it, this in me. And now, granted, like a lot of things, like I got pregnant and then my life right. changed a little bit. And for me, it's sort of this unfinished business of like, I will revisit that someday. But just the two, it was such a dispiriting experience. Oh, it's hell. It's so judgy. It's, it's so I underwhelming. I admire the nine. I admire, like what you're doing though is what you have to do. Like that is how, people yeah. who eventually get shows, that's what their story. Yeah, Chappelle in some podcast, Dave Chappelle said he pitched 13 at some point. Right. And then he got Chappelle show 14th. But that was them going, you should do a show with us. And he's like, well, I've tried to for 10 years. Yeah. You know? Wow. The industry nine. sucks. I hate them. Um, how do you not 
internal do you internalize the rejection do oh you yeah even perceive it as, okay you oh, do yeah. perceive it as rejection. i internalize you know a fart <laughs> everything goes in me I, I'm, I'm a i'm a big soppy sensitive uh you know wuss but yeah so it all sucks but you just put all that pain into the next one like and also i'm very um wide-eyed or what's the uh, uh optimistic mm-hmm. almost in a uh hurtful naive. naive that's the one yeah, in like a way that hurts me where I go, this is the one. I can feel and I start like daydreaming about it while I'm showering. Like, oh my God, them saying yes and then having the show on TV and my parents watching it. And I just start dreaming about all that shit. It's like a lottery ticket. You know, you buy the ticket, you're like, this is it. You can feel it. Yeah. It's like that lady on the slot machine with the respirator where you're like, you're putting your whole savings into this. <laughs> and she's going, but I, I can feel it. This is the next one. I have that with pitching. You have to. Though. You have to in showbiz. I mean, stand up. Look at it. We go on stage in front of eighty drunks in Ohio, and you hope it works. Um, what's the format? Can you say that? Yeah, it's a sitcom for like a streaming service. It's dark. It's it's basically all surrounding autism. That's all I can give you. But what's yeah. your relationship with autism? I'm on the spectrum, pretty good. Really? Oh yeah. Well, notice I can't look you in the eye. That I <laughs> that I don't recall from last time, but that I have noticed. Since you, we've been doing this podcast. Oh, really? Jeez, well, have I gotten more autistic? No, 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 no. I didn't, but I didn't think of it as a spectrum thing. I just noticed that you're staring not at me. Oh, yeah. Well, I just figured I was too beautiful to look at. Yeah, yeah it's distracting. <laughs> yeah. I'm hard. No, I just, uh, I'm, a, I'm a weirdo. And so my. Did it make, wait, but I think I hugged you when you first arrived. Did that make you uncomfortable? No, I can do a hug. Okay. I can do a hug. It's not a great hug, but I can do it. So yeah, uh, just that's basically the show, but it's me. It's more ramped up. Um, so you feel you're on the spectrum, or oh, you yeah. know, have you been diagnosed as being uh, yeah, on the spectrum? Yeah. How does this manifest? I went, or, or, sorry, when did it first? Come when out? I started going to therapy after the breakup, he had some. There was some symptoms, and he had a whole thing, and so I took a test. What were the symptoms? Uh, the eye contact, the lot of literal thinking. Uh, hard to connect. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of not understanding things because I'm too literal, and you know, lack of emotion and all that stuff. That's so interesting oh, because yeah. you don't. The image I have in my head of what someone who's on the spectrum would be like, I don't. You seem very personable and warm. Actually, oh, hey. well, I've learned. I've learned. Are man. you faking it? A lot of it's fake. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I. I I try to be a warm, nice guy, but a lot of it's uh, just worked out over the years. Uh huh. Yeah. Um. Did this come out when? Do you looking back on your childhood? Do you see ways in which this was oh, already present? Yeah. Like oh, what? Oh God, yeah. Just uh, you know, being in class and not really understanding anything, but being too scared to ask questions because I would just want to be like, well, I don't get this, so what does that mean? And then they would answer, and i go, what about this? And a lot of just not getting anything. And then I'd ask my mom later because she was nice enough to humor me and go through the motions with me. But, uh, yeah, a lot of not connecting. My parents are very standoffish. They're military. So I just could never really bond. Mm -hmm. And a lot of alone time. Do you have a sibling? Older brother. Perfect son. Oh, really? Oh, my God. He's 
I'll give you the whole rundown. Please. Certified genius, went to the best high school in New Orleans, skipped his senior year to go straight to college, full scholarship. Then he became uh, a, a, a robot builder. Remember like battle bots and all yeah. that? He got into that, would, entered all these competitions, won a ton of money, saw the world, became a fencer. Then... After college, he said, I got to help the world. He joined the Peace Corps, went to Africa, helped kids do math in Africa. And uh, now he works for some like uh, computer programming thing. He's doing very well. He's, he's got a second kid, a house, the whole thing. And I tell dick jokes. <laughs> Your parents are proud of you, though, right? Yeah, I think so. I, you I don't, own an apartment. I own an apartment. That they like. But they don't get... The jokes. I don't think they get comedy. They're just like, yeah, I don't get it. You go out and tell jokes to people and they pay you? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. But aren't, I mean, are they not familiar with stand-up comedy as a, a vocation? They're familiar with it, but they don't uh, They don't really get how it works as a business. I see. And I'm like, you know, Tonight Show, Conan. They're like, that's cool. Now, how much does that pay? And I'm like, well, that's like 1200 bucks each. And they're like, well, 1200 bucks. That doesn't pay the rent. <laughs> you know, so they, they always break it down like that. I need to tell you guys about Quip. When you think of the perfect gift, you probably don't think of an electric toothbrush. Unless you're a dentist. I feel like that's like high on their list. But the Quip electric toothbrush is one of the most gift-guided gifts of the season. And here's why. It per- it's perfect for everyone with a mouth. And it's something they'll use twice every day. And believe you me, I'm not sitting here trying to think of an example of something without a mouth. Because I'm sure there is something without a mouth. Uh-oh, this is me trying to think of that. But anyway, what I'm saying is the Quip electric toothbrush is an amazing gift. Um, The thing about the Quip is that a lot of electric toothbrush... Well, my, my own personal experience with the Quip. First of all, it is affordable, but more than that, it is beautiful. I believe I read somewhere that it's like the iPhone of toothbrushes. It is just... If you're into aesthetics, uh, it is hard to beat. Um, And it comes in a bunch of different colors and it just looks very sleek. And it also works extremely well. It is not a toothbrush that is overly aggressive. So when I first used it, I was like, oh, this feels... It's it's more it's gentler than I was expecting, and yet my teeth were so clean. It's amazing. Um, it has sensitive sonic vibrations, gentle enough on your sensitive gums, and a built-in timer with guiding pulses to remind you when to switch sides. Quip makes holiday travels easy and clean with a multi-use cover that mounts to mirrors and unmounts to slide over the bristles for on-the-go brushing. So it does it doesn't take up a big. What's the term I'm looking for? There's not a big footprint. There's not a big toothbrush print on your counter because it just goes right there on your mirror. Quip doesn't require a clunky charger and runs for three months on one charge. Quip is the gift that keeps refreshing with brush heads automatically delivered on a dentist-recommended schedule every three months for just $5. And you can even gift prepaid refills for a year to make sure they're never using old, worn-out, or ineffective bristles. Quip is one of the first electric toothbrushes accepted by the American Dental Association and has thousands of verified five-star reviews. I love Quip because it'll change the way you brush. And that's why they have over 5,000 verified five-star reviews. Quip looks like a big-ticket tech gift with a stocking stuffer price starting at just $25. And if you go to getquip.com slash Rosen right now, you get your first refill pack for free with a Quip electric toothbrush. But you don't have to tell your giftee that. Don't tell them that. That's your first refill pack at G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash Rosen. Getquip.com slash Rosen. Getquip.com slash Rosen. 
So, um, is your brother funny? No, I got Parent, him on that. Parents not funny. My dad's funny on accident. Who around you, around you was funny? Was anyone around you funny? Not really. My friends, me and my friends were really cut up. And then I was obsessed with comedy, Bill Murray and uh, George Carlin and all that stuff. Eddie Murphy. Loved in Living Color, Simpsons, Seinfeld. You um, opened for Louis C.K. Oh, yeah. Many times. Did right. you have an inkling that of any of this? It was always a rumor that basically everybody knew about, but... Uh, what was the rumor that he liked to masturbate in front of people? Yeah, that was always it was always like up in the in the comedy lore, right. but um, nobody ever cared then until it actually became a thing. Right. Yeah, it's interesting. I had Bonnie McFarlane on my show, and she was saying that she had known the, the women Dana and I'm forgetting the other one's name, but that like they, you know, she knew the story from. Montreal years ago and they they would laugh like it was this like funny yeah. thing I mean upsetting but funny too yeah 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 it's tough it's a weird time we're in a weird time comedy it's weird because comedy was always this underground who gives a fuck guys talking about their dick and whatever kind of raunchy gritty New York thing mm-hmm. and now it's very popular and once something gets popular we have to look in in on it more with a fine-tuned eye and go through it with a comb. I said fine-tuned. Should have been fine-tuned comb. But yeah, we have to like look in on it with this magnifying glass and like find everything wrong with it and scrub it to death. It's like, maybe it's let it be gross. Comedy's yeah. a bunch of degenerates, men and women. Paula Poundstone, like, didn't she diddle some kids? That was a thing. I, she, uh, I don't know, but there was a scandal where I think she was accused of it, yeah. Yeah, so it's like, these are off- fucked up people most people in comedy are nutty and their most entertainers and artists are fucked up and that's why they have this outlet that's why they're so creative and whatever so i think it's just it's just a weird bunch of people trying to be artists and uh there's gonna be there's gonna be some mishaps i mean i will say that what you're talking about about putting comedy becoming more popular and putting it under the the magnifying glass is what you get is a lot of humorless people weighing in on what is and isn't appropriate. (laughs) So true. Well said. Yeah, that's really a big part of it. Look, I like humor, but it's like, I don't believe that you like humor. If you believe that I, God, I got into this really, really frustrating back and forth on Instagram with a college student. It was the kind of thing where I went, I was, I was supposed to do, Ralph, I did do Ralph Garman's podcast, but I was sitting in my car and like, let's say I was supposed to be there at one and it was like 1259 and mm. I'm like, I have just enough time to dig into this. Oh, like sitting God. in my car. Never works out. Like writing something and I'm, and, and then like as soon as I got back in the car, like back on there and I'm like, why am I doing, th- yeah. I do not need to do this. And honestly, I get it. I get it. You get that rage and you just have to attack and you think there's going to be rational thinking. You think if I say this, they'll get me and they'll understand my point, but they never do. She... Because I've had James Gunn on my podcast a few times, oh, wow. and I really like him, and I feel like what happened to him is fucked up. I completely agree. Um, I don't believe that he is a pedophile. I don't. No. I believe he was trying to make shocking, tasteless yes, jokes. Yes, yes. That's what he thought was funny back then. And by the way, a lot of people thought that was funny back then. Right. Like, I know... I love pedophile jokes. I know I know a ton of Michael Jackson jokes, a oh, ton yeah. of clown jokes. Dead and baby. Yes. 
pregnant. Uh, Sorry. It's okay. No, it's fine. But I, I used to tell dead baby. I mean, yeah. like, well, I loved truly tasteless jokes. That's Me where too. I collected. I didn't. <laughs> I have a book on my toilet of just truly tasteless jokes. That's where I learned the word pussy, and I thought it was pronounced pussy because, <laughs> like, oh, so many of those words, I didn't know what they meant, and yeah. I had never heard them. I had just read them. In fact, I remember there's some joke in truly tasteless jokes where the punchline is is like Papua New Guinea cocksucker. And mm. I don't even remember what the joke was, mm. but... It's a good, good grouping of words, It though. is, though, yeah. I when like I that. was a little kid, I overheard... My mom... I don't know what I overheard, but my mom was saying... Like, my mom... I, the women were up in arms because one of their friends had called another friend a word mm. that you're not supposed to use. And I'm sure it was cunt. Yeah. But sh- and I was like, what was the word? And she didn't want to tell me. And I was like, I know bad words. And so I just started listing uh, words <laughs> that I had learned from Truly Tasteless Jokes. And one of them, and then I was like, you know, blah, 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 Papa New Guinea cocksucker. And then I remember my mom being like, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a weird one to hear. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, point being. Um, I think you said it yeah, nail on the head. A lot of humorless people weighing in on comedy. So this person that I got into it with on on Instagram was saying that she believes there are topics that should be off limits for comedy. You should never ah, make a joke about. Yeah, and, and it was bad. driving me insane because it just goes against my fundamental belief of what co- the purpose comedy yes, serves. Like comedy yes. is, you know, it, it it's a place to. Uh, kind of work out the things that we find subversive and transgressive and like all the dark matter in the human psyche, which yes. exi- it's real. Like that's yeah. a real thing that we all Completely. contend with. That's what makes something funny. So if you say you can never make a joke about X, Y, Z, and it was like you never make a joke about rape, never make a joke about you know, anything where anyone could be victimized. It's like what's left? What's left? Yeah, and who are you to say? That's some weird entitlement. Right. It's, it's I mean, a very- Carmen... Uh, Carmen Cameron Esposito has an album called Rape Jokes. Like it just is that depends. right? Yeah. Oh wow. It depends how they're done. Of course, and it depends how funny they are. And just because it's 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 really narcissism and entitlement. Like just because you don't like it, we all can't do it. What a crazy statement to make. What a crazy thing to just. This is how I feel. So this is out. Who cares? We're too worried about how everybody feels. That's the problem. Yeah. We coddle everybody and we go, well, he's offended, so we got to pull this out. It's like, well, let him be offended. It's okay. It's like right. saying, oh, we got to take Tabasco off the table. It, it burned her tongue. Right. So we can't all use Tabasco because it burned your tongue? Get out of here. It's, it's, it's so ridiculous. Right, right. And it's a, it's a horrible place for comedy to be in. And I see people going on stage now just going, racism is bad and... You shouldn't rape, but I'm like, no shit. This is not stand up. Stand up should go against the grain. I want to hear you talk about why racism is funny or something like that. Yeah, not saying it is. Not saying I'm I'm pro racism. I'm just saying that's good, good comedy. Like, let, let me feel a little something. Let me give me that jolt right, of like, oh charge. wow, yeah, yes. like dealing with uncomfortable topics. Yes. because how else are we going to deal with them? We can't just repress them. Exactly. I, I at the same time, I I do think victimizing and. An individual person is very different than making jokes that someone finds offensive. Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, if it doesn't get a laugh, then you got to drop the joke. Yeah. You know? I mean, I think that the line has moved. Mm-hmm. When I think about how many jokes were completely acceptable, where the the what was funny about the joke was implying someone was gay. You know, like I don't yeah. think that stuff wouldn't fly anymore. I never got. I never thought that was funny. 
but I mean, growing up, so yeah. many. Look in, at this homo. Like that yeah. was just a punchline in the nineties. Point to a guy, right? And that would get a big laugh, right? I remember a friend of mine referred to like a a are they called broom handle mustaches? Mm. Um, like a big, thick, bushy mustache. Yeah. as a dick duster. Oh, that's great. <laughs> Which I still think is funny, but it's like I don't know that I. I'm like, wait a minute, but the joke is that guy is. But it's, it is funny. That's I don't funny. know. If, that's just it, a funny t- I mean, visual. Is it okay, though? Yes, that's fine. I guess. And then it's weird because if a gay guy says it, then it's okay. Right. Like, right? It's, it's all very silly. It's a lot of what's in somebody's head. You know, you go, yada, 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 and somebody goes, that's racist. And you go, actually, that has nothing to do with race. But somehow in your fucked up brain, it got filtered into some racist closet. Like, that means you're fucked up, but somehow that comes on me because right. your brain took it to a racist place. So there's all kinds of shit. So I think you just do what you do and don't like Bill Burr is this insanely irrelevant, uh, not relevant, irreverent. <laughs> he's very relevant, irreverent comic, and he gets a ton of hate and a ton of shit and backlash. But he goes, ah, whatever, just keeps going. Yeah. And when you keep going, you kind of walk through the fire long enough. You go, oh, that's it. Because the only thing that fuels these people is you fighting back. I know. So you got to just go, just do it. And I think people are kind of craving that right now mm-hmm. in a weird way. Yeah, that's something that I, 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 I deal with. Not In general, I am someone who tries to not offend people and I don't ever want to hurt someone's feelings. And if someone lets me know that they were bothered by something, like I take that really hard. And so I feel like I'm, I'm you know, I, Alice Rosen is your new best friend. Like that's my, my thing. Yeah. So, and yet even I get, I get people letting me know that I fucked up, that I offended them, oh, that I yeah. shouldn't say that. I shouldn't you say all that. You can't avoid it. Right. Um, <clears throat> and more and more, I do try to just stay true to like, what do I think makes for a good show? What do I believe? Because at the end of the day, and I have a, my psychiatrist says at the end of the day, like 400 times during yeah. each session, and I don't like it. That's brutal. It's a little much. He needs like more other cliches yeah, to use yeah. instead. Like when all <laughs> set, when all said and done, when the dust settles, right? Yeah. Um, on balance, there's so many. Mm, never I heard need, that one. Yeah. Um, I heard a lawyer say it originally, and I'm okay. wondering if it's if it's used in legal circles. But then I started hearing it around more. But at the end of the day. Yeah. When the dust settles. Will I have been a better performer, you know, pub- public figure, podcaster, whatever I am? Will I have been better because I tried to change who I am to appeal to people online? No. Yeah, exactly. Don't even worry about it. Don't even spend a moment on it. Well, but, so- and I do it too, so I'm, I'm a, I should take my own advice, but it's too much. But I think... Something has to be said here about this whole offended and fighting back and getting mad. A lot of the people who fight back the most, I notice, are angry themselves. Yes. It's kind of like the guy who makes fun of gays and hates gays is actually gay. Right. There's a lot of that with this whole social justice thing. Like, I notice, I know a girl who is like, we got to stop these men and da-da-da. And then uh, somebody did some digging, and she's guilty of, like, sexually harassing a lot of guys and like fondling dudes against their will and da 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 so it's like which one is it i do i know who this is i don't think so i don't think so but no one does but there's a lot of that i've noticed it's kind of like how the cop is corrupt you know there's there's a lot of flip-flopping in this finger pointing when they should be pointing it at themselves it's almost like you're protesting too much yeah you know 
And I, I'm weary of people who are, who are so quick to punish. Right. Why do you want to punish people so bad? Because that's just another kind of attack, you know? Right. Well, right, right. I do think that... What about ed- educate before punishing? You yeah. Know? But they want that They want that blood. They want to see people go down. And I'm, I'm, part of me is like, how much of a hero are you? Yeah. You seem more like the villain. Right. You know, but... Right, you want to exact revenge. Yeah, but we... we we praise them. Good for you. You you took this person down, but it's like now this guy or girl is dead to the world, and you get to seem like the hero, but you're actually kind of vicious yourself mm-hmm. in in a different way. Right? But still, you guys are kind of the same person, is what I'm saying. Like the weird rednecky guy who's like racist and whatever is very similar to the snowflake. They're actually the same person. Mm. You know when the the Trump guy goes. Oh, you're all snowflakes. Then you go, well, what about this? And they go, hey, don't say that. Like when you, when you make <laughs> oh, fun yeah. of Trump's kid, the Baron, yeah. then they become snowflakes. So yeah. I'm like, you're the same as that. Right. That's why you're so, that's why you hate that person so much because totally. you know that's you. Right. Well, what you said about the cop and the criminal, I mean, that's like a, uh, an, an old exit or a, time-tested example of like two sides of the same coin yes i mean like people have made art about that totally and i've thought that sometimes i've thought the no offense to my cop listeners but the urge to have that much power where you can pull someone over arrest someone or whatever like that's it's it's arguably and arguably it's an anti-social urge that is that is like used for good Hopefully, hopefully it's like it's the it's the acceptable version of the like I'm going to of the person who goes out and is a criminal. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Because in terms of the way you relate to people, you're still uh, wielding a lot of power. Right, right. I completely agree. This next gift idea I want to tell you guys about is something near and dear to my heart because I love books. I love giving books as gifts to kids, especially well to everyone. But we're talking about kids right now. And my son, Elliot, loves reading books. And I feel that that is a sign of how superior he is. Books are the perfect gift for the littlest readers on your shopping list. And Random House Children's Books has this website, HolidayMustReads.com. HolidayMustReads.com. If you go there, tons of books that make great gifts for children and they're divided in these really smart categories. So it's like for the kid who always wants one more book before bedtime. Um, and that is Elliot. Although he has started doing this thing where you'll get about three quarters of the way through the book and then he'll just flip back to the beginning. So not only does he want one more book before bedtime, he wants the same book repeatedly before bedtime. And they have ones for the littlest reader. They have those uh, for those who need a little added holiday cheer. Those are holiday ish books um for the young bookworm for the teen who craves excitement uh and that is not all i did not list all the categories they have it's it's a really fun website because it will probably remind you of a lot of books that you might have read when you were young like for example for me wister wister (laughs) mr willoughby's christmas tree uh write in if you happen to remember that book i hadn't thought of that book in years and it was a real trip down memory lane and it made me nostalgic and of course now i have to buy it for my son duck and goose it's time for christmas the christmasaurus holiday helpers which is a paw patrol book my nephew is obsessed with paw patrol grumpy monkey and more go to holidaymustreads.com for more ideas that's holidaymustreads.com holidaymustreads.com
So I think soon, because right now it's just like bring these bad people down, which is good. We should be bringing bad people down, and the whole all the movements are great. But at some point, it's we're going to be turning these things like some of these people pointing fingers. In three years, when they apply for a job, somebody's going to go, boy, you really uh, went hard on this person, and that's right. going to come back. Right. So I think just be conscious and be civil with your choices on who you're trying to kill. You know? <laughs> well, be kind. Or under- be kind. Be a little, and, a little bit understanding. And isn't that the definition of progressive? Like, yeah. It's a weird thing. Like, if you, if you hire the comedy seller, they hired this guy who was in jail for, like, 10 years or something. He was a criminal. He beat up some women. Uh, but he's a bouncer now, and everybody goes, look at you. He's been rehabilitated, and you hired this guy. You're so open-minded. You're so progressive. But then it's like, oh, so you let Louie back on stage, you piece of shit. It's like, well, isn't that kind of progressive? Isn't that kind of sympathetic mm-hmm. also? And again, not not saying this is my opinion. I'm just saying, like, you got to look at everything. Right. You know? Greg Fitzsimmons said that he thinks there needs to be an over... You know, we're going through a period of overcorrection. Yeah, there's a lot of that. Which... Is is one way of looking at it, of to, which which makes it feel more okay when you look at things that seem egregious or unfair to the perpetrators. Which I'm going to get shit for saying that, and I don't even I don't even feel that strongly or agree with that. But I'm just saying that, like, yeah. it has been tilted in the so it's been bad for a long time, right? So, and all of a sudden, you know, a lot of shits bubbling up and yes. coming to light, and so we are going through a a, a a period of uh, metamorphosis, hopefully. Totally, and I totally get that, and that's how it always happens. And yeah. it's got to happen that way, I guess, but we need to be aware of it, that we're doing that. You know, it's weird when somebody's like, this guy grabbed a woman's ass at a parade. We should kill him! And you're like, well, wait a minute, that's a big leap, you know? But people get so worked up, so they mm. just go to the worst thing. Yeah. I think there's... I think there's legitimate anger and it's just spilling out everywhere. Yeah, totally. And that happened with, with like Black Lives Matter. It happens with race and it's happened now with gender and all that. So it, it's just, that's just how people are. That's just normal. You have a Caitlyn Jenner joke oh, in yeah. your act, which is actually very funny. Do you oh, get thanks. pushback on that? No, never. Never have. And I stand by the joke because I'm not insulting her. Yeah. I'm insulting people who are being phony. Basically the joke is, I can't remember what it's like. It used to be about Lena Dunham. But I had to change it because, you know, whatever. But, yeah, so uh, I just made it about Caitlyn Jenner because it still worked. But it right. was originally about Lena Dunham. I think you were saying, why does ever? Well, I think, the, tell me if I, tell me oh, if I, tell I, me if I, I know your act. The I way you got into it was beautiful people don't put any emphasis on their personality. Yes. And then it's like, why does it, why do we have to say that everyone's beautiful? Mm-hmm. Yeah, something like that. Then I said, people always say, Caitlyn Jenner's so beautiful, but then if you go, oh, well, you look like her, then they get offended. Yeah. So which one is it? Well, fuck you. Is what, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I love jokes like that, where you can really call out some bullshit that's right there, and uh, yeah, if she's beautiful and you look like her, shouldn't you be happy? Yeah. You know. Wait, why did you have to change it? Because of Lena Dunham? Uh, just because she's like, she might hear it, and she's like a a human being who's who listens to comedy. I feel like Caitlyn Jenner's on another planet. Right. I don't know what she's doing. Yeah. She'll she'll never hear it. I mean, that being said, I personally, not that you and not that you've asked my opinion, I'm more comfortable with it not being Lena Dunham. Yeah, you see? I, yeah, because she I like her a lot. Yeah, there you go. And I like <laughs> Lena Dunham too, but it was just yeah. it she fit for the bit. Right. Um Amy Schumer. 
going back to something we were talking about before of like responding to comments and stuff. I don't know if you saw on, do you still open for her? No, no. I, I've headline now and I think she's, she's using like a new crop of uh, younger comics, which is nice. Mm-hmm. So I've kind of moved on. And Congrats. You graduated into your own headlining. Yeah. I've been headlining for a while now and uh, I have heard, you know, she helped me a lot on that whole journey. So, um, she uh, posted something on Instagram, which is like to the people in the sub bowels of Reddit. I saw that. Yeah. What were your thoughts on that? Because my thoughts were like, and I actually left this as a comment. Like, it makes me relieved to know that you sometimes res- like re- read stupid oh, yeah. comments and feel the need to set the record straight. But seriously, fuck them. Because I look at that and I have the same reaction that people often say to me whenever I mention some stupid thing I read online mm-hmm. about myself, which is like, why are you working? You know, like I look at that and I'm like, Amy Schumer, you do not need to respond to this. Like, they're just a bunch of trolls. Right. But it's interesting to to look at that and see like, oh, she's bothered by it. Well, yeah, we're all human. But I, I got to yeah. say, from knowing her for so long, she is so fucking strong because she gets so much hate. Like, it, she gets so much hate that it spills over into her friends. Mm-hmm. Like, I get a lot of it from her people that hate her and it's like i don't know i couldn't handle it i'm not that as strong as her she's so tough but the joke thievery thing is such a turn the knife for comics like right you can stab us all day but that calling us a joke thief is just the worst thing to be called right so i think she had to address that mm-hmm. is that a new charge that got leveled at her no that's old that's been around for a couple of years yeah but i so, like, what I imagine is she just, in a moment of weakness, decided to, like, look, read some shit about herself on Reddit. Yeah, I think she's like, look, call me whatever you want, you know, physically, but uh, I'm no joke thief. Right. So, she's, I think she's like, like, I gotta set the score here. Yeah. I want to tell you guys about Third Love. You've probably heard of Third Love. They make super comfortable super high quality bras they're like hands down the most comfortable bras you'll own and they are tagless which means they don't have that little label sticking in the back i am the kind of person tags drive me insane not just on bras like on everything so one of the first things i do is rip the tag out and then you have to hope that it doesn't actually like pull a stitch or two out of the item that you just ripped it from but oftentimes you're like ah sweet relief and then you put it on you're like no there's still a little scratchy nub no scratchy nub with Third Love because uh, it's no itching, straps that won't slip, ultra soft smoothing fabrics, and lightweight, super thin memory foam cups. And Third Love has distinguished themselves not only with having super high quality, super comfortable bras, but they're the industry leader with 70 sizes. 70 You could collect them all, including their signature half cup sizes, because it turns out most women fall in between sizes and they have a really fun, really helpful fit finder quiz. Over 10 million women have taken the quiz to date. It's actually, I think some of my male listeners have taken it too, because I I was like, why not? Go ahead and take it. Uh, Because I love a quiz. It's actually fun and takes less than a minute to complete. Did you know that breast shape matters when finding a good fit? I knew this. Uh, Third Love helps you identify your breast size and shape and find styles that fit your body. So basically you go and there's like a bunch of different pictures and you're like, are those my boobs? Are those my boobs? Are those my boobs? Are those my boobs? And then you select your boobs and then you talk about how your current bra fits in any fit problems. 
Also, there's a 100% fit guarantee. Third Love's team of expert fit stylists are dedicated to helping you find your perfect fit. If you don't love their product, returns and exchanges are free and easy. Uh, and there's a new cotton collection with t-shirt bras and, co- oh, sorry, cotton t-shirt bras, cotton underwear. It took two years to develop and perfect the cotton collection, which is made with a premium cotton called Pima. The result is a line of incredibly soft, smooth, and breathable bras and underwear you'll want to wear every day. Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone. So right now they're offering my listeners 15% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash Allison now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash Allison for 15% off today. Thirdlove.com slash Allison. Thirdlove.com slash Allison. Um... I didn't realize that she gets that much hate. Although occasionally, occasionally when I want to make myself feel better, I'll think of some other, <laughs> I was going to say, uh, let me rephrase that because I was about to, I'm not putting myself in the same category as these people. I will either think of some famous woman that to me seems so likable that how could that person get hate like amy poehler who gets a ton of hate does she yeah oh, I, um, love amy I think all women in the public eye do i guess or so, i'll yeah. think of like successful women who are crushing it like oh i wonder what's said about them and yeah. then i'll look and it's like always so so i guess that's how i knew that amy schumer does get some hate just because i have i have sought it out to see like what do they you know because but but if I hadn't, it's just like she's out there having an amazing career. You know yeah, what I mean? Like yeah. you're not aware of the hate unless you seek it out. Right. I think. But you're saying it would spill over into her friends. Yeah. I mean, it, she gets it. I mean, the higher you go, the more hate. It's just how it goes. But I can't believe Polar gets it. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure she doesn't read that. Right. She's too smart to get involved but in that shit. You'd think, except I'm pretty sure in her book, she addresses it a bit. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I could be. I'm not. Don't. Uh, hold me to that but i feel like in her book yes please there's she talks about it a bit Mm. i remember sandra bullock who to me is like she was america's sweetheart for the longest time she made some speech when she accepted an award where it was like you know she like addressed the haters and i was like what damn (laughs) how could you have haters like to all the people who think i shouldn't be here it's like Wow. I think, I don't know. I think maybe everyone in the public eye gets it a bit. Oh, yeah. There's no no way around it. But you know what's the worst kind of hate is like, I'll get the comments. And the, the worst ones are the ones where you're like, ah, I thought that too. And I didn't think anyone else knew yeah. that. And you nailed it. Yeah. And have you heard this term, um, intimacy through injury? No. I just heard this the other day. It blew my mind. This is everything. It's like every comment... They say these horrible things, and the meaner they are, the more likely you are to respond. And now you're interacting. You, a celebrity, is interacting with this fucking douche in a basement, you know, with Cheeto fingers. And he's like, I got her. I got her. We're going at it. And even though you hate this person, you're still, they're still getting this visceral reaction out of you. Right. And, and maybe you guys can even work it out. And now you've worked it out something out. Now you had a fight. And made up yes. with a stranger. Now you have a relationship with them. Yes, so it, it kind of works. And so that's when I heard that, I was like, oh, now I know I'll never respond because now you're giving them something. Right. I know. I, in moments of weakness, I will respond. Me too. Um, I, but I've gotten a lot better about it because I think like the satisfaction I get from them not knowing that I ever read it 
from them just having shot it into the ether and it never landed yeah. <clears throat> is greater than anything I'm going to get from responding. Right. Because I feel like if I ever respond, it's they're never like, oh, man, she, even, no, she got me. You know, it's just like, oh, yes, this is what I wanted. Yeah, of course. That's it. But yeah, again, we think in our rational <laughs> brain like, oh, they called me a, a joke thief. So I'll just tell them I didn't steal it. And I'll quote the I'll t- tell them how I thought of the idea thinking, oh, they'll go, OK, great. He thought of it this way. I get it now. But they go, nah, nah, you're still a thief. And you go, God damn it. It didn't work. Here's a question, though. This is about to get vague and theoretical, but what you were saying, <laughs> unless you have a comment to to ground it, but what you were saying about when someone makes a comment and you're like, oh, f- oh shoot, I thought that myself, but I hope no one would notice yeah. it. Yeah. Did they actually perceive something correctly and mm. nail it? Or is it that because we are human beings and if you're a performer, you have like a healthy dose of self-loathing, we have that negative shit all the time, and they just happen to say something negative, and it, it, it. Are you, does it that's make a, sense? Yeah, what I'm saying? because question. I haven't articulated it well, but like, yeah, just that anything negative they say is going to have been something that we've thought at one point. Right, right. It's probably a a, a little coincidency thing, the most, yeah. because you got a million things, and they just happen to nail one, right? And but there's a couple things that I always feel like I. I notice that other people don't, and when they hit those, that's when it really stings. But it, it was probably just a, something they caught. They weren't like, I'm going to get this guy on this right. one. Right. Like you know? what? Unless you don't want to say. Oh, man. I, I do this thing when I get nervous. I'll tell a joke, and I'm nervous that it won't get a reaction, so I make a noise just so it's not quiet. Uh-huh. Because there's nothing worse than a da 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 Right. Silence. That's the worst. So I would go, I'm scared to say it because I'm worried these Come guzzlers will hear it and then fucking email me. But uh, okay, you don't have to say it if you don't want. But there's a noise that you. Make. I make a noise after a punchline just so there won't be silence. But it's a nervous tick. I'm not aware of it because right. like I'll get off stage on Conan. I'll do five minutes. I'll be like that went pretty well, and then I'll go back and watch it. I'm like, ah, oh, I did the thing, <laughs> and it kills me. And I have 800 other other ones that I do too. Has uh, anyone you know. that whose opinion you value ever pointed it out? Ooh. Not really, but if they have point, if someone I respect has pointed out something, I always take it as a good nugget, and I totally right. apply it. But that's what I'm thinking because what I'm hearing is like all all comedians have little things they do. Sure. So well, I don't. It doesn't sound egregious to me. Yeah, but there's some that personally you hate. Yeah. You know, like John Mulaney has that great bit about uh, he's like ah, teenagers are so mean. They always find that thing like. Hey, look at him. He's so high-waisted. And you go, ah, that's something I'm sensitive about. <laughs> yeah, it's a great bit of his. And uh, that's that's exactly it, you know. But I, I'm not one of these guys where if a bigger comic goes, hey, you got you to gotta stop doing that. I don't go, hey, fuck you. I go, oh, yeah, that's a good point. I try to absorb everything. Right. And I'll do that with comments. You, you shit on my act. If it's constructive and not just mean and just vicious, I will I will apply it. I don't just go, oh, you don't like that, fuck you. I go, oh, he's got a point. What about um, feedback on your podcast? I'll take anything. Yeah, but as long as it's it's not just mean. Because I've had people go, hey, I don't, I don't want to bug you. I don't want to bother you, but I've noticed you do this. Is that on purpose or was that a mistake? And I'll go, oh, yeah, I did do that. But if he's coming at me nice, I don't really mind it. Yeah. It still hurts a I little have, bit. I've had... So I do two versions of the show. I do this one-on-one, and then I have a panel. Oh, wow. um, you would be great on the panel. That, Love that, a that panel. comes out Thursdays. And 
whenever there's a new person on the show, I get all sorts of feedback on whether people like the sure, person or not. I'll get a lot of hate, I'm sure. No, no, no. On the it's not on the Monday show usually. Okay. It's like on the panel because that has more of like a family feel uh-huh. and people are like, "Who's this interloper? I don't like them or I do like them or whatever." Um and no, the only time I get a lot of hate from my Monday guests is if it's like um a a, a strong woman. Really? Isn't that weird? I thought we all wanted a strong female lead. Well, I think that I think I have some leftover uh, listeners from my time on Corolla, uh-huh. and they're not into it. Right, right. Um, Damn. But because she's a woman, you think? Yeah, I do think so. Like that I had Erin Gibson. Do you know who that is? Mm. Um, she wrote a book. I'm staring at it. It's called Feminasty. She co-hosts Throwing Shade, which was a TV. Sh- it's a it's a great podcast. and It's also a TV show. But she's like unapologetically feminist. Okay. Um, and but very she comes from the improv world. Very funny, uh, silly, absurd, hilarious, but outspoken. Mm-hmm. And I think that it just. I think that if a a guy had come on and spoken that way, people wouldn't have responded the right. same way. He'd be a strong man. Yeah. Yeah, that's that. I, that's a bummer. I see a lot of that with strong women. They get a lot of shit for that. Yeah. Um, But I look at Aaron and I'm like, her willingness to just go out there and say exactly what she thinks, no, regardless of the reaction, I admire that so much mm-hmm. because as I'm speaking, I can feel the reaction, probably what I imagine the reaction to be. And I think that just like holds you back. Interesting. But anyway, what I was going to say is, um, you know, people will write in and be like, I, I really like the show. I really like, you know, the, I'm a fan. However, I don't think this person is working out. Oh, and wow. I'm like, really? I liked them a lot. Yeah. And I've allowed that to, influence the decisions Ah, i make and then i regret it and then i so then i've like sort of un like there you know i'll stop having someone on and then i'm like but i liked that person a lot so i'll start having them on again and then Mm -hmm. i'm like i should have trusted my gut go with the gut it's good to take note and think about it but still you got to go with what you think yeah do you that's like the new thing i've realized is that if i'm gonna take i listen i listen to the feedback but if i'm gonna take it to heart i need to make sure more than I have in the past. I need to make sure that I personally agree with it. Yeah. I agree. I, on my podcast, we'll talk, we just go off about anything and we'll talk about f- flights and horrible travel stories. And one guy wrote in, he's like, I love you guys, but I can't stand these fucking flight complaints. Who cares? Get out of here. And for a second, I was like, maybe I should cut back, but no, this get rid, go, leave. It's a free pod. You don't like it? Get out of here. We got a million people who like the flight story, so we keep them. Right. But that's just how it's going to go, you know? Yeah, can't you can't. You, I mean, yeah, exactly, exactly. That's just what I was going to say. You try and you want to. You want everybody to love it. It'd be it, great if you could, but no, <laughs> it's not going to happen. Yes, um, I say let's do just me or everyone. All right. How does that go again? Uh, people write in with things they think or do, and they wonder: is it just me or is it everyone? And then we weigh in. All right. I would like to take this time to remind everyone that I'm on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Allison Rosen is where you go for that. All sorts of fun, different reward levels. You can get extra uh, episodes, bonus episodes every month. You can get access to a live stream that I do. You can get merch in the mail. You can get behind the scenes photos. You can get so much access to me. You'll beg me to leave you alone. Patreon.com slash Allison Rosen. Okay, here we go. Sometimes I 
Denise says, just me or everyone. Before I get out of my car, I look in the mirror to make sure nothing is hanging out of my nose or in my teeth. Mm. That is the kind of thing that I probably do without even being conscious of it. Yeah. I I check myself out in like every reflective surface. I should do that, but I don't. But that's not weird. We need some weird one. Come on, give me something that's like, holy shit. That's good stuff. That feels too normal. Well, I think a lot of these are fairly normal. Okay. I and thought then, it was going to really get, you know, I put this in my ass or I see oh. antelopes as attractive or something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I do. Okay. Since you mentioned that, uh, I posted this on Instagram. All right. This is now like the sexiest picture of a koala bear that uh, you'll probably ever see. Tell me, Tell me what you think of that. Oh yeah, that's is a that hot not a koala. koala that wants it? <laughs> totally, totally. Yeah, he is a hornball or she. Yeah, I I wrote thirst trap because I think that's what it is. I like it. Um, I will. Uh, you guys check check it out on Instagram, Allison Rosen. It's I think the only koala. It's the only sexual koala photo I've <laughs> I've posted. <laughs> yeah, that's um, good. Okay, James Leroy Wilson says. Looking back, I find it hilarious there was a show named BJ and the Bear. Mm. That was probably before your time, Mark. And I think because I think it was before my time. I 70s. don't recall what was it even about? I think it was a detective show. Or was a there cop an show? actual bear? I no, I think he was uh yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna look it up. Give it a Google. Yeah. But I've heard of this. Me too. I think BJ was a drug dealer and the bear is like a cop. I remember Jake and the Fat Man. That's something yes. else. That you couldn't say now. No. It would be Jake and the plus-sized, uh, you know, Big is Beautiful. BJ and the Bear is an American comedy series which aired on NBC from 1979 to 1981. Uh, well, this doesn't say what it's about. Let's Come think. on. Come on, Wikipedia. Deliver. Premise and storyline. Here we go. Greg Evigan stars as Billy Joe B.J. McKay, a professional freelance itinerant trucker. Mm, professional freelance itinerant trucker. So what is that? So that means he, he just trucks where he wants, when he wants, and he's always on the go. <laughs> Who travels the country's highways in a red and white... Blah, 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 blah. Oh! Okay. In his red and white Kenworth K100 Aerodyne with his pet chimpanzee, Bear. Oh, look named at that. after Bear Bryant, the famed football coach for the University of Alabama. Wow. In the pilot movie, it is stated that he had spent two years in Vietnam as a medical helicopter pilot, had mm. been a captain, and earned a distinguished service cross. He was a prisoner of war. Blah, 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 blah. Episodes typically deal with BJ uncovering or getting mixed up with crime in the area he's traveling through, and a local resident, usually a young, beautiful woman, appealing to him for help. All right. See, why couldn't we have been pitching shows in the late seventies? I know that would be that would I would get kicked in the balls if I pitched that at Netflix. The guy's got a pet monkey. Well, hold on, he's a trucker, <laughs> but he doesn't work for a company. He's itinerant, he's fr- freelance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they would just go get the hell out of here. 
I wonder if like three episodes there's in, they're like, why did we fucking choose a chimpanzee? Yeah. You know, because that can't be easy production wise. Well, monkeys were hot for in the seven, late 70s. They had that Clint Eastwood movie, Any Which Way But Loose. Mm-hmm. There was another thing, I think. I think monkeys were big for Dunstan 10 minutes. Dunstan checks in or something. That was later, but yeah, yeah. Um, remember on Friends, a show that you and I were talking about before we Maurice. started. Yeah. Uh, who got written off the show because apparently working with Maurice was too difficult. There you go. Yeah, ask Michael Jackson about that. It's brutal working with monkeys. He had bubbles. Yeah, I remember. Um, Okay. Also, they shot one into space, I believe, a monkey. Oh, did they? I think they did. Also, there was Coco, the sign language monkey. Yes. See, monkeys were hot for a minute. Coco was a gorilla. Okay. See, there was, speaking of Michael Jackson jokes, there was a blowing bubbles. Yes. Joke. Remember that one? That's right. And there was also a kid's underwear half off joke. Then he went and bought some because he thought they were half off. Yeah. Right. Good there was time. also, I really shouldn't tell any jokes. Yeah, you see? What a world we're living in. You can't tell a joke because you're scared. That sucks. We've, we've ruined everything. Well, I'll just tell the straight line. All right. Well, hey, well, unless... heterosexual. <laughs> All right. It was, why does Michael Jackson like 24-year-olds? Oh, because there's 24-year-olds. Because there's 20 of them. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. But see, and I... That's fun. I mean, it's a I joke. I think it's funny because it has it's wordplay. Yes. It is not... It's I clever. Mean, yes, it's... Yes. I'm not going to sit here and say it has nothing to do with pedophilia, of course it does because he was accused of that. But at the same time, the thing that makes the joke funny is the wordplay. Yes. To me. Of course. You just he's just the subject we're using. Right. He's the content. Right. So it's, it's not... a joke about language. There you go. Ah, but we gotta dissect everything. God, I hate it. It's a it sucks for comedy. Comedy used to be this fringe weirdo thing, and now it's like, I don't know. We gotta dust it off and see what's what. And that's a bummer. I hate the magnifying glass. Yeah. But I'm Do you gonna... feel that your comedy gets put under it? Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, everybody's does. If it's out there, if it's on the internet, it's going to get dissected. And, you know, dissect away, but I'm still going to do my act. Bruised by Dawn says, The blades in the old school blender are my enemy. I wind up stabbing myself too often when washing it. I've, mm. And I'm a clumsy person, but I've thankfully never stabbed myself on a blender. I don't use blenders that often. Yeah, me neither. I, fre- I don't frequently blend. I bought a Ninja... Spent a good what is money. that? It's like a killer blender. It can it can mulch a brick. That's like their big thing. It's a oh, ninja. really? How have I missed? Is there a commercial where they do that? Yeah. How have I missed this? I know. It's a sexy commercial. And I bought one. I was like, I'm going to juice. I'm going to smooth. I'm a big smoothie douche. And I, <laughs> I bought all the stuff, you know, the, the frozen uh, cherries and you know, raspberries and the avocado and the peanut butter and the mix and all that. And I, uh, it's a bitch to clean. So you make a big batch of smoothies, and now you're forcing yourself down to make smoothies, and you got like 18 uh, pears at your house that start going right. brown, and you, I just gave up. What is your favorite kind of smoothie? I like a good kale, spinach, blueberry, banana, peanut butter. How peanut butter, how much do you taste the peanut butter? Oh, it, it hits it. Okay. It's like uh, gentrification. It takes over. <laughs> Ed Morris says, I get a great sense of accomplishment when I can get the old little pieces of soap to stick to the new bar of soap. I'm just with me you. or everyone. Same here. Yeah, but it's very hard to. It's tough. And I I feel so wasteful when I throw away the like 
The there's, sliver. There's still good soap in of there. Of course. But I can't. It's that doesn't work for me. I I don't enjoy. It's just it's fucking up my showering. Yeah, I feel guilty. I'm a big weight not waster. I got to use it. I'll, I'll just just put it in my armpit for ten yeah. minutes trying to get one. It's little hard. Bubble. It doesn't lather. No, it doesn't lather. And you're just rubbing skin. It's your hand yeah. on skin. It's, yeah. But you got to do but it. But if you can get it to stick to the old soap, yeah, that is exciting. That's a victory. I feel like there's probably a lot of YouTube videos about how to do it. Mm. Like I bet if you, I bet if you score the soap or heat it or oh, i don't yeah. know there's then, that, no it's, it's, it's not something you do in the shower wasting time here yeah dave cross no not that one says how old and i think we've already done this one but i bring it up again because uh i care about it how old do you think i am should be universally banned as a response to that question oh that's brutal i'm with him but i like to know <laughs> well <laughs> you're in the minority i think no, I mean I like to be able to ask. Oh, oh, oh! I yeah, see. yeah. No, I don't. I don't like being asked it because that's always a minefield. Well, where do you where do you stand on the whole like you never ask a woman her age? That I grew up with that. My mom would always say that to me. Right. But isn't that is that feminine? My mom's like a big feminist, but I don't know. Is that shouldn't a woman be fine with her age? You know, it's it's it, there's a lot of like which one is it? It's weird. It's yeah. weird because I revolt against the idea that there's a problem with saying your age and yet i find myself using euphemisms for my age mm. like i will like sometimes i'll just blurt it out i'm yeah. 43 i just said it but like i always feel some sort of weird weird charge from saying like i don't want to say it i don't know i get that yeah i mean death is imminent and yeah. you know it's gonna happen and youth is uh, very glorified right now right and I think also if you're someone that can pass for younger, because I get people who are surprised at how old I am a lot. Mm. And like, I, you know, and there, I know tons of people in Hollywood who lie about their age. Oh, really? But I feel like if I was going to do that, I should have started a long time ago. Yeah. Also, it's on the internet anyway. Right. So they're going to bust you. Um, how old are you? I'm 35, but I, I have a thing for like MILFs. So like, I would always want a woman to tell me the truth, but they, a lot of them would lie. <laughs> Sunlit Cactus says, right after I shower, it looks like a young woman was brutally murdered in there. Um, what? I'm assuming, I know, I'm assuming she means all the hair. Oh, oh, I thought there was a menstruation bit. No, I know. It seems like that, but I don't think that's what she means. Well, why would the, ha- I guess hair. Long hair can just like get stuck. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Sunlit Cactus, we're going to need more details. Yeah, yeah. Why would a bunch of hair, you wouldn't think of murder. Right. Huh. Yikes. Yeah, because I, I, period is where my brain went too, but I doubt that's what she means. Uh-huh. I don't know. Leela Rolling, and this is the last one. Leela Rolling Stone says, greatest compliment I have ever received was a few minutes ago when not one but two different employees at my coffee spot went bananas over my nails, the color, the length, and shape, the quality, the fact that they're my real nails. Best feeling ever. <laughs> wow, this woman has a low bar. <laughs> For compliments. I had, uh, my nails were done glittery and it was like a surprising conversation starter and I got a lot of compliments and it was a nice little, it put a little pep in my staff. All right. Yeah. Have you ever complimented a woman's nails? I have, yeah. You have? But only because I couldn't find anything else. (laughs) So if a guy compliments your nails, maybe it's not great. (laughs) But I just see a woman... Anything a woman puts a little time into, I'll try to compliment just to like show like I noticed that thing. 
Oh, that is, that feels on the spectrum because you're like, this is how a human does it. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Um, My, my hunch though, is that Leela's compliment, those compliments were from women. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But I'll notice a girl with crazy nails and I'll always, yeah, good nails. Just Hmm. try to say, yeah, I I caught it. Yeah. Yeah. But no guy gives a shit about nails. I don't think. I remember the. I remember dating this guy, and thinking to myself, "No guy gives a shit about nails, so I'm not. I don't care that my manicure is chipping off and that my nails aren't, you know, mm-hmm. all good looking." Um, and then we were at a party and having one of those like early dating flirtatious conversations, and I honestly don't remember how this came up, but I just remember him taking him. Him saying that like the you know a woman's hands are like his one of his favorite parts oh, of a woman boy. and like picking up my chipped like <laughs> uh, r- not neatly manicured hand and looking at it maybe and like god damn it what are the chances did he say anything specifically about no the nails? he didn't all right he didn't he probably liked you got a nice hand he probably caught the hand well thanks I, I, my manicure is chipping off as we're talking, but it was notice. worse than that in college. Okay, well, this I is... think I dated a lot of arts. I like I like an artsy lady, mm-hmm. and they would always have kooky, fucked up nails, and that that almost made her more legit to me. So, like an artsy milf is your thing? Well, <laughs> that's a tough one because that artsy milf just means like uh, older finger paintings, and right? Shit. <laughs> but uh, yeah, in, in high school and college, I was like a skateboarder, grungy kid, so I I felt like I meshed well with like a you know, weirdo kind of artsy fartsy girl. Mm-hmm. But yeah, MILF is like my porn category. I feel like I just got a lot of information that I didn't. Oh, sorry. Didn't. Too no, no, much. it's okay. It's okay. There's no such thing as too much on this show. I agree. Well, what's your porn go to? I don't, I honestly don't have one. Um, I feel like I should. I feel like porn is a whole, like I really haven't seen that much of it. Um, and I feel like it's a whole, someday I'm really going to dig in. There's just uh, a whole world out there for me. If you if don't want, want it, but there's, there's really much like the internet. They, they find a way. It's like a podcast. You find your genre. That's my understanding. Cause there's a whole new world out there. I mean, porn has really hit another zenith. Is that the right word? Yeah. Okay. So, you know, give it a look. See, I mean, my mind is going nuts. There's something for there's, you. Yeah. I'm, no, I'm sure there is. But, like, have you heard of girlfriend porn? No, what is that? That's this new thing where the guy is, like, super sweet, and it's not just, like, you know, aggressive dudes with sweaty, you know, buff guys going to town. It's, like, guy will do some hand-holding and tell them they look nice and all this shit. I I, don't think that would be my thing. I don't, yeah, I don't think so either. But who knows? Just saying, there's there's options. Right. Thank you. Mark Normand. <laughs> Thank you so much for doing my show. Everyone, go check out Tuesdays with Stories. Check out Don't Be Yourself. I feel check like there was a weird ending. Oh, God. Still I'm sorry. got it. Find your porn. There you go. <laughs> like, what color is your porn parachute? Find your inner porn. That's right. Uh, anything you want to tell them to look out for? Uh, hey, just be nice to each other and uh, stop looking for offensive things and just enjoy shit and uh if you get offended you know bottle it (laughs) 
At the end of the day, when the dust settles, just right. keep it to yourself. <laughs> I have a book out, Tropical Attire Encouraged and Other Phrases That Scare Me. Um, if you go to my website, alisonrosen.com, there's plenty of places you can click where you can go get that book. And it is available in all formats. If you like what you're hearing, subscribe, itunes.com slash alisonrosen. Leave us a nice review. Five stars is my favorite. I love you so much. Thank you for listening. Mark, thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me. I'm terrified I'll get in trouble for anything I said. But, a little uh, bit I am too, but we'll just uh, we'll weather it together. Yeah. It's funny because people always go, ooh, they said something weird, and then they want to hear that, and then yeah. you get in trouble for it. I know. So like, just enjoy that we got a little spicy. That's right. Of, you know, trying to ruin our lives. <laughs> I agree with that. Amen. Okay. Bye, you guys. I love you. Goodbye. Hey, do you know... And Rose and Show. We had a good time, but now we gotta go. Yeah, Alice and Rosie.